It's a nice riff, actually. I'm digging it. Yeah, so nice. we're uh, we're episode two now. Which camera are we at? Are we at this one? Are we at this one? Which one are we at? We're at this one. So episode two, and we've got one and only Mr. Sean Thompson on the show today. Uh, episode number two of the Songwriters Couch. Thanks for coming on, man. Hey, thanks for having I me. Appreciate I appreciate it. And we'll Cheers, usually brother. start with a little drink here to loosen our loosen our morals up uh, as we get started. So how about um, I guess we give a little introduction. Uh, oh, big news for the podcast. Um, we've got uh, an official sponsor that in the next couple of weeks will be, uh, will be joining us, and we'll probably have them on the show, too, just to, to speak about it, and that should be fun. Uh, and there's some new, exciting, maybe, drinks to be had on, on future episodes, so you'll have to come back again, Sean, at some point. Um, so we'll be announcing that soon. Uh, but why don't we start out with uh, who you are, what you do, um, and... Uh, how you and I met. How about that? Because oh, I don't God. remember. I don't either, so that's going to be fun to explain. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, my name is Sean Thompson. I go by Sean T, uh, stage name, I guess. Um, I've been an active musician for 20-plus years now. Uh, I'm a singer-songwriter. I was in a band for 13 years. Uh, I've been solo now for yeah, t- about 10 years. Um, as far as how we met, I think I met you at Open Mic at Boulder Cafe. That is, yeah, I think that's where, I meet yeah. a lot of people at Open Mics. Yeah. I think that, that they're like an awesome place, especially for musicians. If you're new musicians and you're looking for a band, um, you know, go out to an Open Mic. You could find a lot of good musicians out there Absolutely. and a lot of bad ones too. I Absolutely. Mean, if, if we're being honest, right? No, we, 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 we don't, we don't, we don't call them <laughs> well, not bad. bad. Uh, we don't call them bad. Cha- challenging? Challenging. Challenging. challenging music. No, but yeah, just, uh, just people doing their thing, <laughs> some, you know? Yeah, some different stuff. I always like, I always like um, uh, open mics because it's like, especially new people, like fresh out of college or, or like they're brand new to playing music and they get up there the first time and they're super nervous yeah. and they've been practicing in their, you know, their little room for years and years and years waiting for the moment when they're finally going to go out there and, and, you know, make their big uh, debut of their song. And what's kind of wonderful and, and terrible about it is that uh, they learn pretty quickly <laughs> yeah. that, oh, playing in your, in your room to yourself is a little different than being on stage and, and having to entertain people and make, making people get on your uh, side. But it's a great place to see people's like real personalities kind of come out. Yeah. So I love them. So tip, tip for anyone that's a, a up and up and starting musician, you know, go out to those open mics and, and meet some other musicians. So yeah. we've upgraded our audio too from the last time, Sean, uh, since the episode one. We've gotten some shock things on here. Yeah. To prevent that, and some windscreen because we had some pops on there. Um, so hopefully everything sounds just a little bit better today. Uh, yeah, I sound it, a lot better than the last time I wasn't on here. That's so. right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you this: What was that riff you were you were playing there? Uh, so that riff is a it's a riff from Beautiful Things. Um, it's a title track of my one and only EP that I professionally recorded. What's the name of that? Is that uh, out in distribution? Right? It is. It's in distribution if you count sitting like a hundred copies of it sitting in my car. <laughs> um, 
I haven't put it on any streaming platforms yet, but uh, I recorded that back uh, 2017 at Mockingbird Studios out in Byron, New York. Wow, I think I've heard of Mockingbird, yeah. as a matter of fact. Yep. Byron, huh? Yeah. What does it look like? Um, it's actually just a big it's old a... farmhouse. They have a Mockingbird huh. Farm Animal Rescue as well, um, but I met them because I'm massage therapist and that was one of my clients or that is true i was going to ask you in exchange for having you on the show my back's a little tight maybe you can get in there work out some knots for me yeah are you good with that elbow yeah i got this yeah (laughs) excellent so so let me ask you this what what got you into music initially like back in the day when you were just a wee little sean i'll tell you what um so when i was just a wee little sean i used to sit in my bedroom uh, the earliest I remember, probably seven, eight years old, um, listening to stuff on the radio, recording it on a cassette tape. Cassettes. And, yeah, cassettes. Uh, stealing my siblings' cassettes and recording over their stuff. You know, <laughs> put a little piece of tape over it so you can <laughs> yeah, yeah. ruin people's stuff. And um, I would just sit there and rewind and play, rewind and play, rewind and play, and just write down lyrics and sing all day long. Hmm. It was just nonstop. Did you, were you playing like, like, what kind of music back then? Because you're you're about my age, right? So you grew up in the '80s, right? Yeah. You're you're a youngin in the '80s. So were you into like the Michael Jackson, the well, Police? Yeah, the, put myself on the spot here. I used Rain. to uh, Minnie Ripperton. <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry, what? Minnie Ripperton, loving okay. you. All I right. used to. That's why my falsetto was so good. Now right. I used to wail that song when I was a little <laughs> kid. In my family, I have five, six, five siblings. Yeah, I have five siblings. Wow, do my you? Parents and uh, yeah, and they hated me um, as a child. I was so obnoxious with that song. <laughs> um, but the, any everything from that to um, my older brother played bass. He still plays bass. Um, he's you know, twelve, thirteen years older than me. And uh, me and my younger brother used to just sit there and watch him for hours playing huh. bass. You know, Nirvana and. Um, How much I'm, older did you say he was? He's 13 years older. Oh, 13 he plays, years he plays old. a lot of 70s stuff. And yeah, we yeah. just sit there and we were in awe of my brother just jumping around playing the bass. Huh. Um, so that was a huge inspiration. Um, but yeah. So did you, did you just kind of want to be like your older brother sort of? And that's what so. ended up getting you into it? I think so. What, what happened with the guitar, um, I was 15, I think, 15 years old. My brother, my younger brother got an electric guitar. He was all like grunge rock, Nirvana. Yeah. Um, I really didn't even want to play guitar, but my younger brother got a guitar, so I wanted a guitar. He got electric, so I wanted acoustic. <laughs> um, I had my guitar for like five years, and I learned one song in those first probably five years what, I had. Do you it. remember what that song yeah, was? Yeah, Local H, Copacetic, <laughs> which is like one chord over and over again, yeah. and I oh, tore that song up in so many bad ways. <laughs> but probably good way, like when I, when I look back at me doing what I was doing like back in the day when I was first starting playing music, I almost have like a... Uh, I'm almost like nostalgic for how I approached it, like with without the me and me and Nate on the previous episode kind of talked about not being formally trained, don't have any like experience with you know like music theory and that sort of thing, and going to school for it. We like I had my parents, my dad was a musician, and and uh, my older brother was a musician and stuff. So um, I got a lot of like ear training, I guess, from from that. But um, like, there's almost a freshness that comes when you're not trained yeah that i kind of miss from being a kid because i know more now musically but i feel like i wrote stuff more freely and more kind of punk rock yeah if you will not not actually writing punk music but yep like a punk rock approach to songwriting you know what i mean yeah um do you remember like the first song you wrote i do it was terrible (laughs) um it was a song 
It was literally a song about me having a conversation with a squirrel. Huh. Um, yeah, I can still remember the lyrics. I can't remember how to play it, and nor would I, even if I could. Do you remember but, how, how old were um, you? I was, gosh, I was 18, just about to turn 19 the first time. I think I wrote a hmm. song. Um, yeah, it was it was horrible. Were you were you playing cover songs before that, like learning cover material, well, or was it like in those first five years? It was just that one song, basically. It was local <laughs> over age. and um, over again. I did take two guitar lessons, and um, I grew up out in the country in Warsaw, New York. So um, we had there was one guy out there who was pretty renowned for his guitar playing ability, and he gave me two lessons. And I told him all I wanted to learn was I wanted to learn how to play Santeria, <laughs> and I wanted to learn how to play Fade to Black. Did you learn? Did you end up learning those? I learned both of those. I took one lesson for I think one lesson each song maybe, and then I just kind of went off on my own. And then of course I learned Stairway and you know all the classic yeah, stuff yeah. that people first learn. And I started to learn that I had a knack for uh, raw acoustic music. I just love raw acoustic music. Hmm. Um, yeah, you've really got a, a a sound and kind of a style to your stuff that's like like very. It lends itself very well to like solo acoustic. Um, tunes like I don't think you need a band behind you. Like yeah. I feel like it would be nice to have like maybe some like hand drums behind yeah. or something. Maybe a bass player, maybe someone with some some strings or something. But I feel like you're good as like a like an acoustic, um, you know, acoustic kind of singer song. Right? Do you feel that way, or do you want? I do. do you really want a band behind you like ACDC? No, absolutely not ACDC. <laughs> Sorry, anybody who's watching this that likes ACDC. That's not my. That's not my jam. <laughs> I'm gonna have to ask you to leave the podcast. TNT. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yeah, it's it's always it's. I've always enjoyed being a solo act. I was like I said in a band for 13 years, probably. Um, me and my best friend from high school. We started off both pretty terrible, and then we both grew together, and we we always stuck together. Um, Were you in the band in high school, or was um, a friend from high school after you graduated was, that you started? The- it was probably after graduation that we started playing together. Um, in high school, we really. Uh, we really kind of, I mean, we were best friends in high school, so um, he ended up playing bass, and we just started messing around, and then we just brought people in little by little. The band shifted, obviously, over the years. And um, Do you still keep in contact with? with yeah, yep, yep, yep. He's still a good friend of mine. We keep in contact pretty often. So it's It's funny, too. I have a bunch of friends from high school, and the people that I made music with, those are the people that I'm still... Yeah. In contact with like That's it was very much it. Yeah. 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 yeah the people that were like music was so important in high school for everybody, right? You know, everybody kind of clicked based on music. Yeah, you, no kids, right? Nope. No, no kids. kids. So no. so what I've noticed in this this generation is that there's almost like like back when even even right before this generation, I think of of kids like from like 2015 and on, there doesn't seem to be a like an attachment to music like it has been almost for like the last yeah. hundred years. Yeah. Like, and what I mean by that, it's like, it's like a part of your identity, the music that you listen to yeah. right? up until like, like around that time when, when really Facebook and, and all those like social media things started to come into play. Yeah. Like, I feel like it's, it's, like my, my, I mean, my daughter loves music, but she doesn't have like a band that she's, super into yeah i remember having like band you know posters on my wall like poison back in the day yeah i'm dating myself poison (laughs) um motley Crue and stuff but like nirvana and those bands where you had this like like um you know the band that kind of represented your your personality so to speak and i feel like that doesn't 
that that's gone away in a sense recently. What was your like your your band or your your Sublime. musical? Was Sublime. it Sublime? Hands down, Sublime. I got the sun on my wrist right here. And that's one of the first songs I learned. Was what I got. Yeah. yeah. Yep. It's a great <laughs> tune. Just and that's, D and D and G over that over self-titled here. album. I was living in Arizona at the time. My family had moved out there, and I remember just walking the streets of Casa Grande, Arizona, listening with my uh, with my discman. Huh. Yeah, my discman. Discman. Yep. Oh man. Did you have the the anti skip? Oh yeah. Discman? Yeah, it didn't work though because I was always just jamming, walking along and bouncing around. The anti skip was garbage. Right, yeah, it never but worked. At least the one quite, I had. Yeah. I mean, no, it didn't yeah. work on any of <laughs> yeah, them. Yeah, that's what it, I figured. It never worked, yeah. yeah. I don't know how but eventually they put them into cars, right? The C D players yeah. into cars. And it never skipped in the car for the most part. Speak right. For yourself. Oh, did it? <laughs> Mind it all yeah. the time. Oh, maybe I'm just remembering maybe it's it like my car was always like a $200 beater. That was yeah. Well, I was going to say, maybe I'm like re- remembering it nostalgically, my piece of shit cars playing CDs yeah, appropriately. Like, but I mean, piece of shit car was a great song with a CD. That's so, true. You know, <laughs> That's true. I remember, so when I first moved to Rochester, I moved from, from Ithaca to Rochester, right? I had, a, I had gotten my hands on like a $100 Palm Pilot. Like back in the day, it was like a, you know, like a smartphone, but not really a smartphone because it wasn't connected to anything. Super slow. But I remember putting like five MP3s on there yeah. and then attaching it to like one of those cassette adapter things and being, I think this is where my nerd, my nerdality, is that a word? We'll go with it. My nerdability. It is now. I like it. My, my nerd, Nerdism. nerdity. My nerdity. Comment if you know what, what <laughs> word I'm talking about. But my, my nerdity really like flourished in that moment where I was like, oh, I can get music onto my car from this like digital source and it's got this little screen and and you could load like half of a music video yeah on the sd card on it you know and be able to play it you know they need to bring that back they need to bring back cars with cassette players in them it's retro well they're all going back my band just released for this most recent release cassettes we actually did real cassettes and then we did like usb fake cassettes they look like cassettes but they're actually usb drives yeah Um, but we made 10 real cassettes because we figured no one's going to have a real good uh, cassette deck. And let me tell you something, Sean. If you ever want to get cassettes duplicated, first of all, Matt um, from uh, Loving Cup, the sound guy there, he's the one that did some duplication for us. He's got a cassette deck that he could do it. I think he's got a business kind of like restoring and and replicating and digitizing like old media. Okay. So if you have anything like that, he's he's good at it. Um, But I got my dad's old cassette deck, like dual deck cassette deck. Didn't work. Because the, all the bands in there... Whoop. Oh, my. <laughs> Someone just brought the drum set. That's like when, chime. at the end, like the, the end of a show, a yeah. game show. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, you can't... Like, if you, even if you get an old cassette deck, most of the time they're not going to work, even if they're, like, brand new because the rubber just gets old and, and crispy yeah. and stops playing it. But, well, let me know when you get A-Tracks made, all right? Yeah. Oh, A-Tracks. Yeah. That's got a, that never came back. But here's the deal, though. I don't think that ever got that big. A tracks, A tracks, right? I mean, I they mean, were I in think cars. They were, I think they were before our time. Just, just they were like just before our time, right? Yeah, but so I feel I feel like it known. went like like record to cassette, like compact cassette. I feel Maybe like I might be imagining were in between. That. I feel like I think I don't know. I wasn't alive then, but I feel like I remember. I mean, my older brother he has collections of everything, hmm. so I feel like he's got a lot of A tracks probably stored somewhere. Yeah. 
Um, the only reason I say that is because my dad was super into music and he always had records. Yeah. I don't remember well, seeing... records were so much cooler than anything, really. Were they back then, they though? Were. I feel like maybe they were like old, like they felt old if you got an 8-track, right? I feel like if 8-tracks hadn't come out and cassettes hadn't come out, people would have been perfectly fine with a record player going straight to um, CD. Yeah, like a CD. Yeah, or Laserdisc. Let, when you first started recording your stuff, did you have a 4-track recorder? Oh, no, no, no. I had... Those were the best. A big old... Dinosaur desktop computer, and I had one of the really long neck computer microphones for just hmm. talking into. So when you first started recording, yeah. you already had a computer that was that was able to do it, huh? Well, I mean, I yeah, because you were when you were at like I eighteen, got right? a computer yeah. that was able to do it. Huh. Um, I don't even know where I came up with that, but um, and using the program Audacity. Audacity, yeah, way back in the day, and I I actually still have a ton of my recordings from back then. Do you? Yeah. Lots We're gonna have to talk after this because I've got something else in the works that's like yeah yeah. I actually wanna... made some pretty decent recordings, pretty decent mixes on Audacity. I was huh. kind of impressed <laughs> with myself back then. Yeah, that's what I, that's kind of what I'm saying is like back in the day there was this like ingenuity and and kind of like lawlessness almost to like making music. So yeah. my dad had a, a, a old four track Tascam. Oh yeah, you know, four track recorder. Yeah, but you could only record you know four tracks at a time, and then you had to start. Bouncing them down to one, yep. which would degrade the, the shit out of them. So they would set that one track that you compressed. You know, you're mixing in real time, right? Yeah. To have everything mixed. And then once that's mixed down and you start recording on those other tracks, you've lost the ability to adjust those at all. So you'd had to, you had to make sure that one track is, is clean and then, you know, start recording your other stuff and then bounce down again if yeah. you wanted more. But it led to some cool stuff. Like I, I remember recording with my brother and stuff and, um, recording and then flipping the cassette over so that it would the, it would play the same thing we just yeah. played in reverse and then record something the right way over that reverse. You know, like it led to some stuff that was like, oh, that's really cool. I feel like now with computers, it tends to be a little more uh, clinical. You know, like yeah, it's it is so much more clinical now. I mean, software has been upgraded so much, and it's so accessible now. Everything. Yeah. I think that go taking that back to your point about music, how people don't have like their band now. Um, everything is so accessible. Music is. I yeah. mean, back when we were, you know, eighteen, nineteen, we would we had to go out physically and hand out demo discs, and <laughs> I mean, we had to go nuts just to try to get a show. I can't even imagine like um like like back in the seventies and stuff, like bands starting out. Like you had to because li- even photocopiers and stuff like that, that wasn't basically you used to have to make like signs by yourself, yeah. handmade signs and stuff. Oh, yeah. By the hundreds, it's crazy. Yep. So like what um I guess what got you into writing songs though? So you obviously you had people in your your family that were musical. Were your parents at all like um musical? Or? I remember my mom singing growing up. Uh, my dad's been in his church choir for as long as I can remember. He's a great singer. Yeah. Um, his, my dad's family, his brothers and sister, they and his parents, um, they were all very talented musicians. Um, but it was all, uh, it was never anything like they were in a band and they played out or anything like that. Not to my knowledge, anyways. Yeah. They always had like the church that was their thing. Um, I was just surrounded by music growing up. There was always records playing through the house. Crosby, Stills, and Nash, Ario, Speedwagon. You know, just going back to. Yeah all the beautiful stuff when music was so just, it just seemed so much more raw and real back then. Yeah. And nowadays it's just like, I almost feel like it's going to go back. Like, like there's this like revival that happens. Like you're, you're seeing now, <laughs> it's funny. 
like '90s uh, styles, like like the wide-legged jeans and yeah. that sort of thing coming back now. You know, <laughs> um, and I kind of am like hoping for a renaissance of of music where it where it um, it almost goes back to all right. We're not going to use digital stuff anymore. We're going to use tape, but then we'll you know we'll eventually in like introduce the analog version of that back to digital for being able to distribute and whatever. Yeah. Um, Cause obviously you can't just completely be behind the times, but I feel like there's going to be a, almost a renaissance of that old style of recording. Um, Cause it, it brought about such great, like, like you had, uh, what I forget who I was watching. It was some interview with a musician and he's talking about, um, Nowadays, like you, you have to use, uh, you know, you can you can use Pro Tools. Back in the day, you had to use Pros. Like saying, like, <laughs> like basically, you know, you have to have you have to have musicians that could play live yeah. um, and get it in a track. Like for oh, that's who it was. It was it was uh, Billy Corgan from the Smashing Pumpkins. Oh yeah, yep. he was talking about re- recording. Um, Saw you with a smile. Yeah. I forget the name of that song. But he's talking about that no click track to it. So before before ninety five, they didn't record to click tracks. So it was just whatever the drummer was timing was, that's yeah. what you were playing to. So if you listen to like old A C D C recordings or all those old recordings, none of them are in perfect time. Right? But it lets the song like breathe a yeah. little bit, you know, and it makes them feel like that raw yeah. rawness to it. And I almost feel like we're going to get back to that at some point. I mean, I, 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 I think I, I think I hope, or it'll be I terrible if that happens. I hope we do. Honestly, <laughs> that's that's my jam right there. That's how I love to play. I like it raw. I like everything just as natural as it can be. That's why you know people ask me all the time, why don't you get a looper pedal? Why don't you do all the stuff that everybody's stepping into now? Loopers have become so popular, and yeah. the, the auto harmonizers and all that. I grew up playing around a fire. I had a, I was in a band called Around the Fire. Um, you know that's so he that's what he we practices did. what he speak what he speaks. Yeah, so. like I get up on stage and I don't care what the sound system sounds like. I'm gonna put out what I put out, hmm. and that's all I want to do. I'm not gonna. I don't want to doll it up. I don't want to hide behind it. And there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with that stuff. People make it sound great. It's yeah. just not for me. Yeah, and I almost think like like. You know, I'm not. I'm, I I hate to be the begrudgingly begrudging old man, isn't that? You know, they think, oh, these kids these Get days. No, lawn. because there's good, great music coming out of using those modern yeah. tools to like make stuff that's that's crazy that you could never create with an analog, um, you know, acoustic instrument or something like that. And there's really, really amazing stuff that's coming out. And music, you know, things have got to evolve with technology. I mean, that's just the way the way of the world. Um, but I feel like it's lost. It's um, it's almost turned into such a commodity, such a product. Yeah to be produced like pop music and and i think that's like like younger people now think of it in that way almost because of this like huge focus on on this ultra produced pop music um that they that that their ears are almost so used to that that they can't they can't break out of it you know because anything outside of that sounds like it's a mistake yeah and if you were to say that to like the ramones oh your your vocals are out of key you know or out of tune a little bit like they yeah, they wouldn't give a they shit. Would have been like, I don't give yeah, a like, shit. Yeah, like that's the whole point that's, of this whole thing is just to make <laughs> yeah, make noise and scream and and you know, fuck the system, that, yeah. that sort of thing, right? Um so I'm hoping it moves in that like kind of rebellious way cuz I feel like it's been a few decades of of not that. Yeah. And I could be wrong. Maybe there is a lot of rebel rebellious music out there or something. I like. would imagine there's a lot out there. There's a lot of bands that are still absolutely phenomenal live 
which you don't find a lot anymore. I feel like, you know, you, you, you don't see a lot of, so like Ray LaMontagne, for instance, first time I ever saw him, I walked, I was at a mountain jam over at Hunter Mountain. I walked around the corner after this beautiful, crazy storm hit the festival. And I just hear this voice, this just raw, acoustic, beautiful man's voice. And I walk around the corner and there's Ray LaMontagne sitting on stage and it was just him with an acoustic guitar. And I was like, man, this is music right here. Like, I, it made me feel stuff that I hadn't felt about music in a long time because right, music is so produced now. Yeah. Um, like, heavily, heavily produced. So let me ask you this. So what, um, when you go to write a song, how does, how does that come about? And I've got a question that I'm going to start asking every single guest that comes on here because it is the songwriter's couch, right, that I'll ask a little bit later. But when you, because obviously you have some sort of a process to how you're, you know, how you're writing, what does that look like? Do you sit down and say, I'm going to write a song right now? Or is it something that, like, just comes about at a moment? Is it a mix of it? Like, do, how do you approach your, you know, your songwriting? Anytime I've sat down and intentionally tried to write a song, um, like, hey, I'm gonna, I want to write a song right now. I can't do it. It just comes to me usually. Like my probably my most popular song, a tune called "April's Fool." I tell the story all the time. I lit, I wrote that. I woke up one night, three thirty in the morning. I woke up and the tune was in my head. I had the lyrics in my head and I had this beautiful melody in my head. And I wrote that song in about ten minutes. <laughs> and it's probably one of my, it's probably my longest song that I've written. Um, it's like six six and a half minutes long. It's huh. my best performance by far. And you wrote it at three o'clock in the morning, uh, three, like completed, 3 in the right? Morning completed. Yep, I mm-hmm. wrote it, and it has it has barely changed a smidge over the years. Do Fifteen you, years old. Do you personally like it? I love it. You like playing? I it and love stuff? playing that song. That song has all of my emotion. Everything comes out of my heart in that song. Hmm. Everything comes out of me in that song. It's amazing. So, so this that reminds me. Of, I have a song called "It's All Right," and and. I play it every time I play it. I'm like, that's such a great song. Everyone loves it. The band loves playing it. Um, it won me a, a songwriting contest that paid for an EP that I had made back in the day too. Like I'd won it. I personally, I um, it's not my favorite song that I've written because yeah. I wrote it in like ten minutes before leaving for somewhere. I think I was going to the, the gym to go work out or something, and yeah. I sat down and just started playing. And I was like, oh, that's that's nice. And I I wrote it. I mean, it's very storytelling. Yeah, you know, as we. As we move along, I got, I, how I got this, but I keep hitting the spot <laughs> on the microphone that's going to make the noise, yeah. you know, like not the spots that are going to let it, you know, not, not make noise. Um, but I, I personally, like, it's not my favorite one to play, I guess. Yeah. Um, but here's, here's where the question of the, the, the podcast comes along. Um, I asked uh, Nathan this on the last one. Where, where do you think that the songs, like, where do you think it comes from? That's a really good question. So obviously you're feeling things, right? And come, some of it comes from your personal experience. But what do you think? The, where, what do you think inspires those moments to be able to write so freely and so clearly? At that, like a 10-minute song that's one of your favorite, came out easy. Everyone probably loves that song, I bet, right? Yeah. I feel like... Honestly, I feel like those songs could they just come from a build up. Like something's building up inside of you over time. And as an artist, you need you have your outlet, right? Like your everything just builds up inside you for so long and all of a sudden like this masterpiece comes out. 
And it doesn't matter if it's a masterpiece to anybody else. But if it's a masterpiece to you, that's all that matters. And it just it just happens. You know, I have a few songs that are like that, that have come out of such, um, you know, some come out of trauma, some come out of love, some come out of, um, some come out of anger. It's really interesting how they just come about. But when that one comes out that you just know is like your song, like that's the one that when, I mean, as a small time local artist, singer, songwriter, and you see people out in the crowd singing along with your music. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? You know, like, I was at open mic two, three weeks ago, and I had two people at open mic at Boulder ask if I could sit down and teach them two of my songs. <laughs> First time I've ever had that happen. I thought I was going to cry. <laughs> I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. You got like, to be shitting me. You want to learn my music. Yeah. I went back to open mic the next week and taught, sat with each one of them and taught them my songs. And I walked in the next week, which was last week, one dude sitting there practicing my song. I'm like, <laughs> you got to be kidding me. And the song That's, he was practicing, I actually won a singer-songwriter competition as oh, well. Did it? it was like an eight-week thing where you had to go through and like each week you, people got bumped out. Yeah. And my song, Hey Friend, and, Hey and Girl. surprisingly, th- the ones that didn't win, they killed them. Yeah. They killed the ones that didn't win. Yeah. It's yep. crazy, but yep. that, that's how it went. Yep. Yeah. Yep. The guillotine gone. and everything. That's it, yeah. yeah. It was done. It was a stockade, you know. It wasn't meant to be a guillotine, <laughs> <That's right>. but... <laughs> well, I mean, it was in France, so, you know. Yeah, you, you know. Gotta, you also, know. it was a guillotine, Abide. not a guillotine. <laughs> oh, did I say guillotine? Yeah, you oh. did, but, you know, well, you're not French, so it's whiskey. all right. No, I am French. Oh, well, then... I'm half French. I got nothing so for you, So now I'm really embarrassed. I was trying to save you, Patrick. Yeah, I know. That didn't help. Your statement about not being French, that didn't help at all. Guillotine. <laughs> so, That's so off of his head. <laughs> so, um, did I that guess, answer the question, though? I mean, uh, sort of. Yeah, like I'm, I'm wondering, and I maybe that's the 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 goal of this podcast is to find out where these these songs come from, and if if God does exist, if He can come on my podcast and explain where the hell these things are coming from, I'm super interested because they they seem to come like magic from places. And what's funny, right before this con, this this uh, I was going to say contest right before this podcast started. Um, you know, you were playing that that song that you had written, and I, I it was jokingly I said, "Oh, that's every every song, right?" Because it's yeah. just it's open chords, but capoed, um, pretty stand like any of the open chords played yeah. in any pattern. It's going to be other songs, oh, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like it, it, there's just so many combinations that you can make, um, but still now people are writing new music, new things from those same, like, what is it, six open chords. There's still new music that's coming out that's like that. You know, Ed Ed Sheeran had that big uh, uh, lawsuit or whatever about about, uh, the chords, and he played like six different songs or a hundred different songs or something that all had the same Hmm. chord progression as Thinking Out Loud, because that's what he was being sued for, right? Um, So it's the same chords, but there's different things. So it's almost like... I feel like when I'm playing a, a new song or I'm writing a new song, it's almost like I'm remembering it. Yeah. If that makes sense. It does, absolutely. And that, it comes back to that point of where the music comes from. And, you know, if there's a, if there's a God, you know, or how does the music come out? And I, I just want to preface this because this is a relatively new podcast. And now this is the second one where I'm talking about God and, and, and that sort of thing. <laughs> this isn't a religious, I'm not religious. But if no. you are... That's perfectly fine too. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. But yeah, but absolutely. I'm saying I feel like that theme has come up a couple of times just because it's so it's so ethereal. Like I don't know where that that inspiration actually comes from. Um, well, you, you so can look, sorry you can look at the guitars. You, know, you can watch somebody play. You know, and you can hear songs that sound so similar because of those. You know, the same four chords, right? G D A C, whatever. 
people play the same stuff over and over again. They can play them in the exact same timing, just slightly different picking. And it's because it's not, the songs aren't coming from here. They're coming from here. And, you know, we all have our own version of God and that's where the music comes from. Whether it's standard religion or not, you know, it's, you take the same four chords and you're going to play them differently than I'm going to. You're going to write something differently than I'm going to. You're going to pick, your timing is going to be a little bit different. Do you feel like you feel the same way, like you're, you're remembering or you're recalling the song versus you creating it? Or do you feel like you're making the song? Because when I, the songs that I've written, it tend, like I said, it, I don't know where it's coming from. Yeah. And it feels like I'm, I'm simply remembering something that I've heard. And then those same songs, when you play them for other people, it's almost like they're, when, they're, when it's a good song, it's almost like they remember it too. Yeah. Yeah. If that makes sense. It absolutely does. Even if it's some off, like cause some of the, the stuff I do is not, it's not standard chords. It would be very difficult to say, oh, yes, yeah, someone else has done that exact thing before. Yeah. Um, but people, you know, like singing along to your songs. I've, I've played a song once and had people singing along to it by like the third chorus of the song as if they, they knew it already. Yeah. Um, and, and, that's amazing because it's confusing to me. It's confusing yeah. as to why that would be the case, you know. Um, so, what do you what do you think that it's it's something that is like a a um, like you're just recalling your uh, preference, like your your preferences or something? Like it's just because everyone has heard the same American music or, or pop music or whatever, and so yeah. it, it ends up being very similar? Or do you think it's actually... Because, I mean, look at like Beethoven and Mozart and all that stuff. You listen to that stuff, and it's got a direction to it that you can almost anticipate. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think for me it's always been... It's the beauty and the simplicity of the music. You know, people... People connect over the simplicity of music. They're going to sit down, you know, you can catch a tune if it's the same four basic chords. Look at the most famous bands in history. So many of the most famous bands in history. You got bands like, you know, you brought up ACDC a couple of times. Um, they're famous for what? Like three chords. Every, <laughs> so every song is like the same three chords. Yeah. You know? Well, it's, it's, it's surprisingly not, like they tapped into something, ACDC in particular, Um it's there's so much energy yeah in their music and it may it, it like you almost don't have a choice yeah other than to like start bouncing your head to it and um yeah i don't know i don't know that's where the simplicity lies though because you you just naturally connect with it and then you got bands like rush that are so complex like you're not you're not going to listen to a rush song right and by the second verse be singing along with it <laughs> that's true so you know even Ze- bands like zeppelin same thing they were so intricate and so incredible at writing, you know, it was almost like, I mean, they have a sound where you hear, you hear Rush come on the radio, you know, it's Rush. Yeah. You hear Zeppelin come on, you know, it's a Zeppelin song, but you hear ACDC come on and you know, it's an ACDC song yeah. because of their energy. Do you feel like you have a, a style to your writing? Like, do you think if someone were to do, like hear, let's say they were a fan of one of your songs, do you think if they heard another song just randomly, didn't know it was you? That they could say this is Sean Thompson's. I music. can't answer that. And when I had my album recorded, um, 
it was mixed in Byron, and then I got sent off to Airshow Studio in Colorado. And when I got my master's back, I asked the, the woman I was speaking to at the studio, I said, I've never been able to put my music into a genre. Like, I don't know what to call my music. And I said, and she, they've done, I mean, they did the Grateful Dead's collective works, I believe. They've, they've done some wild, crazy stuff with music there. And I asked her, I said, what genre would you put my music in? I can't put it in anything. And she says, well, she goes, you've got kind of your own sound. She's like, you've got a little Jason Mraz. You've got a little Jack Johnson. She says, but I can't put your music in a genre. And she goes, and don't take that as a bad thing because you have your own sound and I really don't know what it is. <laughs> and I've always struggled to, people ask me that all the time. Yeah, what kind of genre. music do you play? I'm like, I don't, I don't know what kind of music I play. I play whatever comes out. My music has such a, a variety of sounds, I feel like. Um, and maybe, you know, maybe if people watching this or listening to this can, if they hear my music someday when I finally put it out there. Yeah, I think, you know, I think what what's funny about that, I don't think you have to worry about um, sounding like, like originality. I think if you write music or you even you play other people's music, it comes out naturally like who you are. Yeah. And so I think you end up being... Uh, original, even if you're not trying to be original. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And so there's a um, like a, a a natural sound built in. So like when Malcolm Young, that's his name, right? Guitar player from ACDC. Oh, okay. I don't know. Um, Am I allowed to say this? I'm not an ACDC. Yeah. <laughs> starts, <laughs> starts writing songs. I think he writes it uh, from his point of view, right? So and maybe that's. Maybe that's just his inclination to do certain things that he does technically, or maybe that's just what he, you know, what he's feeling at the time. Um, and I think as you get older too, you start to pull in some technical, you know, prowess too. I guess you could yeah. say, and and fool around with like you know technicalities of of what you're doing, and your songs get better and better. Um, but I think it, it 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 you can't help but sound like you, yeah, too, which is. Yeah. It's strange, even if you're covering something, you know? Yeah, it's like the origin, the originality comes out in your own energy. And I think where people get stuck is they try so hard, like they get so hooked on, they plan, they're playing a cover, right? Because they want to be known. They want people yeah. to, to connect with them. And they try to play it like the person who wrote the song yeah. instead of making it their own. And that's what I've gotten compliments on that for years now is I take songs that other people have written and I just put my own little twist on them. Because when I'm covering Billie Jean, I don't want to sound like Michael Jackson, nor can I even yeah. if I wanted to. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't think, I think it's very know. difficult to sound like yeah. Michael Jackson. I, I cover some Michael Jackson too. It's like impossible. Yeah, it's, it's but, impossible. Yeah. And, and I wouldn't want to even if I could. You know, you want to take, and I, I kind of mentor a lot of people at open mic. I love taking people that are there for the first time hmm. and just sitting down and talking with them. Because I remember my first open mic and it was terrifying. I remember my first hundred open mics and they were all terrifying. And I said, you know, you just, just be you like don't try to be the people you're covering and if you're playing your own original music nobody knows if you screw up just do your thing and you just have fun and do your thing and just be you be as original as you can be and don't try to go overboard with it just feel it that's so funny i learned that way too late that especially if you're playing original music for the most part if you're playing to people that don't know your original music they don't know what the next verse lyrics are. Yeah. So if you miss a lyric, you're, they're not going to notice that, that that's what you did because yeah. they don't know the song, you know? Um, so let me ask you this. 
What's your What's your two favorite songs that you've written? That one you love to play because performing is different, right? Yeah. Like I love to play like faster, funky songs. Yeah. Um, just because it's fun to play, I you know get all into it. Um, and then what is your most emotional connection to a song that you got? Hmm. Where you love to play it because it means something, you know. I honestly, honestly think it's a—it's really a tie between two songs. There's April's Fool and Beautiful Things. There's another song called Hummingbird that I wrote um, years ago. That was wrote for a very special reason. Are these in distribution where someone could download it? No, they're not. They're not. Right, we're going to change that. Yeah, I need. Let me to, just say this. I need to change that. We're going to change that. So Sean's songs, by the time this episode <clears> gets released, will either be already in distribution <laughs> or a week later. It'll be that would be awesome. I have then, the files. Yeah. I think I don't we'll know. do it. I've never we'll known how to happen. put them on anything. I should learn because um, you know I wanted. I, I got recorded you. back we'll in 2017. So we'll get it. We'll get it out there <clears> into yeah, the world, and then you guys can download it and and let him know what you think. But be awesome. Be careful about that because they might say. This is shit. I know, right? Yeah. I'm all right with that. They can how do you feel? How do you feel about there. judgment of your songs? Do you feel like it's a personal attack on you? I used if to. People don't like it. I used to. I've done a lot of work now, and I don't care. What kind of work? Like personal, personal spiritual inner work. work. Yep. Jeez. Spiritual work, and it's I literally deep. just don't. I play for me, hmm. and I think that's why it comes out so authentic and so powerful. Because I, I'm up there for me. You know, I go to open mic sometimes, and I'm like, that's you know, pretty I'm selfish, Sean. Though. I know, isn't you know? it though? And it's I like... love it. <laughs> I'll, <laughs> remain, I'll remain. That's the only with reason. It. I think that's the only reason any musician really gets up there and plays, right? Because if, yeah. if if it was um, if it was purely for the enjoyment of the audience, could you imagine yourself getting up there and doing that every night? No, it's yeah. it starts off as. I mean, I think it starts off as of like, hey, I want to perform and I want to be seen. I want to I want to feel like I'm something. And mm. then, you know, when you get up there, you can tell when somebody's up there seeking validation versus mm. just, they're just up there because they need to, they need to let go. They need to release something. You know, it's so much different when people are <laughs> up there and you, they're just like, you know, love me, clap for me. You know, you have to yeah. like my music. And if you don't, I'm going to go home and cry. That used, that's how I used to be. I hated leaving shows when people wouldn't show up or if people weren't engaged in my shows, I would go home and I would be depressed for hours. Huh. And I finally realized one day that I wasn't playing for me. I wasn't doing it for me. <laughs> I, I I watched something recently, and it was about again. I'm going to bring up comedy again. This feels like a repeat. Of, I have no of, sense of, of humor so of some of this last show, uh, but but comedy. There was a uh, uh, an interview I watched with a comedian. And he was talking about bombing, right? Because even as a as a musician, you get up there, and sometimes it's like no one's paying attention. They're all eating. You know, they're drunk, not paying attention to what they're doing. I thought you were, like, blowing things up. No, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> like, this isn't funny, man. Yeah. No, but, but like, you get up there, and they do their comedy, and and at some point you realize, oh, no one cares. Like, after this moment, um, th- when, when that couple that's sitting at the table doesn't, isn't paying attention to what you're doing, isn't laughing at what you're doing, isn't engaging with your music, they're not going to remember you at all. But you'll sit there for the next month and think about that couple sitting there yep. that wasn't paying attention to you at all, uh, not listening to what and and like ruminate on this thing the yeah. whole time. You know, um, it's confusing why that bothers uh, 
creatives, but it bothers me too. Like yeah. I'll sit there if I'm in a room of people and I'm playing, everyone's getting into it, and there's this one person sitting there just. They're on their phone, and they may be just like in a fight with their boyfriend, girlfriend, or whatever you know, like doing whatever they're doing. Yeah. And for some reason, it, it it's like, why aren't you listening to, you know? You know what's interesting about that though is yeah, you. Well. I just played a benefit show for um, someone who's going through some cancer treatment uh, this past weekend, and it was one of those situations where even when people are standing there watching you, like there's there's no reaction really, mm. and I still have this inner conflict with that. Um, you know, with myself, where it's like, do these people really even care that I'm up here? And the interesting thing is, is that couple that the comedian's talking about, that couple sitting there, they literally, they might go home and talk about how how funny he was, or how funny she was, or how great. Yeah, this they might have loved was. it. Yeah, they might have loved it. And then, like two weeks later, they see you out, and I've had this happen. They see you out two weeks later, and they're like, "Oh yeah, I saw you play it." And I'm like, my brain's going, yeah, why the fuck weren't you clapping for me? I thought you were sleeping. <laughs> um, yeah. But they're like, yeah, you were great. It was a great show and can't wait to see you again. And I'm like, I'm like yeah, it's I'd, almost like I've um, been depressed for two weeks over you guys. Thanks. <laughs> I, I had a conversation uh, a long time ago on a previous podcast. So I, I, I've done this a bit before. Um, sorry, I'm just lifting. That was, that was my old man <laughs> as I was lifting up the microphone. Um, about, it's almost like a, like a uh, love affair. Yeah. Right? But not just with your bandmates. Like if you're in a band, it's definitely a relationship with everything, everyone in the band, right? You're having like like emotional interactions as you're up on stage, right? Yeah. With like the bass player, the drummer, et cetera, et cetera. And you go on. But there's also an emotional relationship between you and the audience, right? That's fleeting. Yeah. It's like like a one night stand, right? Yeah. Like where you go out there and you're like, why didn't that, why did this one night stand not, um, why didn't this become a relationship? Let's yeah. Say, right? Yep. And, and I think that's where it comes from. It's almost like a, I think maybe we need, we need to all go to therapy as musicians. Huh? Oh, we definitely do. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> we, we absolutely do. Because I don't think it's seeking validation, but it's like I want an emotional connection to the people in the audience and if they're not having that, it's it's um, it throws me off. It's like we feel invalidated. Yeah. Well, not invalidated. <laughs> it's almost like I want to show you this wonderful world of of what what this song is about. Yeah, but you didn't even look at it, and the, and they'll never see it from the yeah. way that we wrote it. Yeah, they'll never understand because I mean, maybe it's it doesn't make any impact. On yeah, them, you know? they might be listening to it and they're just like, oh, this is another love song, or this is. But inside us, we're like burning what yeah, we're playing. Yeah, and I wonder if that's what makes great music, though, is because you continually strive to deliver that to people. Yeah, to give them that emotional connection with with an experience of your song, an experience that you had in your life. You wrote, you took all this time to write music about and lyrics about and all this stuff and you want to like you want to display that for people but also you want to connect with people yeah. with it you know um yeah yeah, yeah it's <laughs> the connection is so strange the way people connect to music i i lied about my music not being out there i believe i have some on soundcloud i have the unmastered liar. i have the unmastered i did liar. Lie. i forget about soundcloud all right i, I just want to liar liar now <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> no, just... So after I put my stuff on SoundCloud, it was before it got mastered. It was just uh, just the mixed versions. I had uh, somebody emailed me about, I believe it was my song, Beautiful Things. 
and someone sent me a message through SoundCloud or however that worked back then, six years ago. And she told me that she had been listening to my song all day at work on repeat because she was in a really bad place and she just needed to hear my song. She's like, I heard it once and I just put it on repeat and I just want to thank you for writing that song. And I was like, I have, I don't know who this person is, where they are, what they look like. I know nothing about them. And they took the time to write me and let me know that my song that changed my life writing it turned their whole day around. I'm glad you did that. Yeah, but it didn't gong like yours. <laughs> I knew what I was doing. But that that is probably the the most amazing feeling in the world. When oh, when is. someone's like, I've been listening to your your music because I've gotten that a couple of times. Uh, I'll be honest, not very often do people say. Usually, usually it's that my dog barking. There must be a marauder. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but. But to have someone say, like, oh, I've been listening to your music or I have a, a favorite song of yours that I've been listening to yeah. um, for so long, like, it amazes me that, and maybe that's what we're searching for, you know, as, as songwriters, we're searching for, like, a, an actual connection, like, oh, that person feels the same way I felt, Yeah, you know, from that situation. Yeah, uh, and we're looking for like closeness with other people and and other other human beings, um, and I feel like that's where you know there's such a religious um, thing to to music. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Um, which is what I was talking about before, like where where analog music it's so close to your soul, and when you're writing electronic music, it tends to be like you're on a computer. You're does this sound perfect, et cetera, et cetera. Whereas like a co- Acoustic music, you're writing it and you're you're performing it um, in a setting where other human beings are are interacting with it, and I think that like we're all um, we're all looking for connection in that. So let's do this. I'm going to call it here because it's got real deep, real quick. Yeah. Um. Do you have a song that you want to perform? Yeah. I mean, any I I, I like all my songs. But so let's have Sean perform a song. <clears throat> is the dog okay? Is she dead up there or is she? Amazon is dropping glass and things. Oh, Amazon. Okay. So let's <laughs> let's go back to this camera real quick. I want to say to so anyone watching right now, let's have you subscribe. There's probably a subscribe button. Where is it? Somewhere over there. I think it's by his knee. Let's have you like the video. And let's put a little comment down there like, hey, YouTube, I'd like to see more of this. Um, And let's have you play a little song for us. I can do that. You good with that? Yeah. We'll end it there. Um, Love you, Sean. Love you as well, Patrick. Yeah. I met you relatively recently, last few months. Yeah. I don't say I love you. Which is random abandonment. Yeah, but also it was way you're a, good dude. a few months ago, but we won't Go follow Sean Thompson. Do you have like uh, Instagrams, all that sort of stuff? Oh, I have like seven Instagrams. I got a, I, but I don't just have give, one just for What are you music. doing right now? What do you got right now? So if you want to check out some of my music um, on Facebook, I have a page called Guy with a Guitar. Oh. Yeah. Um, you'll know it's me because it's this guy that looks like me. 
And uh, as far or, as or or it could be uh, uh, what's the guy you mentioned before? Not John Mayer. Is it John Mayer or you? I didn't mention John Mayer, oh. but we can go with that. Not John Mayer. Jason Mraz. Oh, Jason. Mraz. Jack Johnson. Jack Johnson. Oddly, I don't know. I've never seen it. People have told me that I look like Jack Johnson before, ever since he got a beard, I guess, or since he grew a beard. Did he grow a beard? Yeah. Jack Johnson? Yeah. yeah. I've been told that a number of times. I'd I say you I look like Jack Johnson. I'd, I'll take it, I guess. I mean, I love Much better guitar player, though. I do cover a lot of Jack Johnson. So, Jack Johnson was a huge inspiration. All right. So, what is this song that you're going to play? Well, I'm going to play and <clears throat> I want to say thank you to Sean because it's been a long day for him. Tiring, probably a little bit. Yeah. Lots of work today, but this is the best. So way thank you for it, coming on. Yeah, I know. I appreciate it. Yeah. I've been drinking whiskey and hitting the microphone, and, yeah. and so you haven't even here. drank that much whiskey. You better yeah, slow no. down. You knock your mic right off the stand. There. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the song about? And then uh, let's hear it. So this is actually the title track to the album called "Beautiful Things." Um, the song is obviously called Beautiful Things. I wrote this song. Um, I had a big old farmhouse out in the country. No neighbors on either side of me for over a mile. Nothing but cornfields and a driveway. And every morning I would sit outside. This was right after my divorce. I wrote a bunch of stuff, obviously, after my divorce. That tends to happen. Um, but I had I had fallen pretty hard for this uh, this girl. And oh, we, were, we were kind of on our way out. And I was sitting outside one morning drinking a cup of coffee. And there was a bunch of birds playing in this mud puddle in my driveway. I've always felt this weird connection with birds. I love birds. And I just, this song just kind of came out. Um, yeah, it's another one of those ones I wrote uh, pretty quickly. And it hasn't changed much um, other than me forgetting how to play it a few times over the years. But that, this uh, this album, the whole album was a, a tough album to play for a while. But, yeah, that's what it is about. So. All right. Well, Sean Thompson. Thank you for coming on, man. Uh, I'll have you on again later. Hopefully this this podcast takes off and, and we have uh, a million more of these. Oh, it will. And I appreciate I it, I trust brother. in that, man. And uh, if you have massage needs and you want a beautiful man to massage you, <laughs> let him know. And if you want him to massage you with, your, with his music, Legally. He, can, he can do that <laughs> as well. So let's go for it. Absolutely, brother. Appreciate you. <laughs> Hold on. Yeah, mic. Sean. Pause. Can, if you can, yeah. I'm, terrible I'm, I'm making hand gestures here in the background. If you could just turn that, just in between your voice and your guitar, so we can hear your guitar. I'm gonna break your mic stand here. Oh, you're good. I've been slamming my my uh, my microphones here all day. I don't know how to do music, so. There you go. Is that, That's perfect. Is that right there? Perfect. Good? Yeah. Say what? Good. We good? All right. Let's try that again. All right. Take two. Oh, also, so my album, really quick, um, Beautiful Things, six songs on the EP. Um, I did all live recordings in Mockingbird Studio. Um, sat on it each take, live take. Beautiful, beautiful sound to it. The mixing was great. Um, yeah, it was, a, it was a really fun time. So that's how I like to play my music. Download. Do it. <laughs> Thank you.
woke up early to watch the rain falling nice and slow I brew a nice cup of coffee and turned on the radio I'm sitting on my porch oh, watching all the birds as they sing and play But then the rain gets just a little bit harder and they all fly away And if I could have stopped the storm I would have made the sun come out from behind those gray pillows But the grass needs rain like the heart needs pain And it's a beautiful mess for sure Little bird, oh why'd you fly away? The storms never last too long out here Maybe tomorrow you could stay No end Together we could watch the rain and sing And it's a beautiful thing A beautiful thing Looking at the skies, the moon climbs high and the sun goes down I pour a glass of wine and I hear you sing But you know where to be found The clouds give way to the warm breeze Oh baby, it feels like your hand on my neck With every single shooting star I close my eyes And hope it's not goodbye Little bird, oh, why'd you fly away? The storms never last too long out here. Maybe tomorrow you could stay. No end. Together we could watch the rain and sing. And it's a beautiful thing. A beautiful thing. for Sean Thompson. Can we get a round of applause? Everyone in the hey, all the production crew. Thanks, production. Yeah. Hey, Sean. Patrick. Thank My brother. Where'd yours go? My drink has been drunk. Huh. Means the end of the episode. Surprise, surprise. <laughs>
<laughs> but Sean, thank you for coming on. I'm gonna have a have to ask you this. Yeah. Come on in a later episode too. I'm hoping season four okay. of this podcast you'll be on when it's high production, millions of dollars coming in, all sorts of weird cameras. You're like, what is that camera? Oh, it's like a virtual it's just reality camera. Yeah, it's just like so, on a yeah. on a like a George Jetson. We'll be robots by then, so yeah. it's all good. Yeah, we'll all be robots. <laughs> so I'll be a robot, you'll be a robot, and we'll still be doing this podcast. Damn it. So let's say this. If you're a songwriter and you're feeling like, I don't feel like I'm established enough to be on this, don't fret. Reach out to me. We'll see how you're doing. I'll have you on the show, okay? Um, We've got some amazing guests coming up, right? Yes. Right? Can I share something real quick? Sure. If you're a musician who's struggling to just be you, feel free to reach out to me as well. Yeah. Well, Sean Thompson, Instagram handle. You got one of those? Um, get a little, let's, let's get go, a little closer. Let's let's let's, give let's go with Sean T. Wild, S H A W N. The correct way to spell Sean. Oh my! Uh, that's gonna start some fights right there. S H A W N T W. I know a few Shans that beg to differ. Yeah, huh. let's do this. Well, we'll have a live boxing ring. I'm game. Fight between shots. I'll lose, but I'm game. Oh. Well, we'll train you. What are we talking like boxing stuff up? Or I'll like just give you tons of steroids and stuff and get I you. I can box stuff up. Like, sure. I worked at a pizzeria <laughs> for 12 years, man. Oh, yeah. Well, that's a little different than. But many we'll get ago. Sean on a future episode. <laughs> <laughs> for the, thank you guys for anyone that's that's listening, watching, et cetera, et cetera. Absolutely. If you want to see something, please send us a message or comment or whatever of more of what you'd like to see. If you want to see like how a song gets written, I'm kind of thinking about episodes where we actually live write a song. So if you're interested in that sort of thing, Sounds reach out. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's the whole point. Right. Um, and uh, thank you to everyone who's listening. And I, I can't wait to show you who we got on the episode uh, for next week. Unbelievable. Not a way to make me feel like shit, Patrick. Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> I was in anticipation of today, I He's too. Like, I can't wait to get this guy out you know? here. Wait till next week. Um, <laughs> no, I appreciate it. No, no, I really but, do. I do. but yeah. Sean. That's what's, what's going on? Oh, yeah, gong. There's microphones in the way, glasses, glasses in the way. In the but, way. but thank you, Sean. Um, thank you, everyone, for watching. And uh, thank you, Allie, for for doing the switching here. And thank you to all the production crew back there, everyone that's getting paid like pennies yeah. to do this. It's amazing what they're doing. I mean, you know, fuck them. They're just kind of like lackeys or whatever. Every single no, I love them. I love, I love every them. One of you I'm just joking. I'm joking. Massage. I love every single one of you guys out there. Um, but, but thank you for watching and tune in next week because um, you're not going to believe who we have on. Sean, until next time, yeah? Absolutely. Season Appreciate three. You, Season three. And thank you guys. Subscribe, like, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera.